Hello, this is Hugo Prévost, and you are listening to SVGA, a retro, uh, PC retro gaming podcast. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, with me, as always, Robert Hiltz. Hello, Robert. Hello, Hugo. Nice to How be back. You? Been yeah, a while. It's, it's been a while. It's been, I mean, it's been, our last episode was in October, I think. Hiatus. And, uh, <laughs> that was the interview with the developer behind the Dorf uh, strategy game. That's and right. Our last one with you and I, it's, oh boy. I think it was Tiny Combat Arena, which was yeah. back in uh, in May. So wow. that's We've been, <laughs> almost <yeah>. a year. <laughs> but yeah, glad to be back with you. Glad to be able to, uh, yeah, I think we've mentioned, mentioned this before, but it's always a bit complicated to find a time to talk to each other. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, I'm happy to be able to do that today. Oh, me too. It's it's nice to be back and uh, hoping that we can uh, keep this up for a while longer. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. I mean, it, it's, we we understand we all have jobs and much stuff to do, but yeah, it's always nice to find the time to uh, talk about old games. And uh, today it's uh, an oldie and a goodie. I think that's the way the expression goes. I, it is like we're we're playing something that's uh, not garbage, which is a nice return, nice way to come back. <laughs> exactly. And uh, so, what are we talking about today, Robert? We are talking about StarCraft. Although I think we'll be talking StarCraft Remastered, but we're going to talk yeah. StarCraft just as a yeah, StarCraft, the uh, one of the best known, if not the the, the best known real time strategy game out there uh don't want to maybe insult Command and conquer fans or rockcraft fans but i believe that starcraft is uh, especially with starcraft 2 that came out now a few years ago uh but yeah the starcraft game in 1998 was the uh one of the cornerstones of uh blizzard entertainment which is uh, still known today of course for once again starcraft 2 but also World of Warcraft and uh, Diablo, the Diablo series, of, of course. Of course. Which we talked about uh, way a back. year ago. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yes, yeah, StarCraft is a military real-time strategy game. I mean, when you talk about real-time strategy, usually it's military stuff, uh, which goes into uh, during the, I think, the 25th century, something yeah, like that. I, yeah, I think it starts in like 24, 66, or 99. They, they picked one of those numbers, I think. <laughs> yeah. And so you have uh, three races, the humans, the Zerg, and the Protoss, who battles to the death over a dozen or so planets in the Coprulu sector. And I've always asked myself uh, if Coprulu was a reference to uh, Starship Troopers. Oh. I haven't checked this, but I mean, I, it sounds like something from Starship Troopers. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, they're, I mean, we may as well start off talking about it with like the intro yeah. uh, movie, which I had, I had kind of forgotten about, but like... <laughs> Really, really solid intro. Like, yeah. does a lot of really excellent world building right up front. Like, oh, these alien things are kind of scary. It's got that whole Apocalypse Now reference with the guy that's rocking back and forth after yeah. he shoots the grenades. Like, uh, I believe, but now you're talking about the expansion intro because the 
because StarCraft has an expansion which is called Brood War. When you buy Star, uh, Star Wars, wow, that's oh wow. wow, did I? What a slip of the tongue. But yeah, when you play StarCraft, the original intro was two guys on a small spaceship outside oh, of that's uh, right. her col- a Terran colony, and then the Protoss ship comes up over them, and there's sort of a beam which basically destroys the human ship. And uh, but yeah, the Brood right. War intro was. I forgot that there were two different intros, and yeah. because it's remastered, it, I don't think it even said Brood War at the end. It just like no. it cut. Okay, yeah. Well, but yeah, the on Brood my... War intro was uh, a, a reference to Apocalypse Now, and it's a it's a war movie, and then there's uh, aliens coming from everywhere, and it's really uh, some kind of. Uh, I want to say human wave, but it's an insectoid wave. So it, yeah, all the the, the zerg zerg uh, units are coming, and then the human soldiers are completely overwhelmed, and uh, yeah, that's that sets the tone for <laughs> for brood war, well, uh, and and I think it the videos do uh, even sort of some of the ones through the campaign. Like um, there's the one where there's two guys in like a pickup truck yeah. driving and they, they were like, oh, I think you hit that man's dog. <laughs> That's no dog, Jimmy. <laughs> um, and then they just get murked by some Zerg. Like yeah. I, they do a lot of really interesting like, like, oh, there's there's more to this than just like Marines and whatever. Like there is kind of a world that this is happening in yeah. um, in a way that they you can't really show in a real time strategy game, especially in the late 90s. But it, it really sets up that like, oh, yeah, like, OK, this is this is about more than just like the grunts coming out of the, the barracks and all mm-hmm. your, your your build orders and stuff like that. There's there there is more to this world, even if we don't we only get kind of glimpses of it. Yeah, and that's, I think, one of the main point of interest with StarCraft. I mean, there's the gameplay, of course, the strategies, but when you talk about the world building, you have these cinematics that weren't really there a few years before. I'm thinking really quick in my head about uh, Command and Conquer and Red Alert, where you had these, uh, these, these, small, these small movies, but it was completely kitsch and camp, and uh, with your favorite style of uh, stuff integrated into video game, I, I'm talking about, of course, full motion video. Oh, uh, <laughs> a, a favorite of this podcast, absolutely. And but but yeah, when you move to StarCraft, it's okay. The, the animation is a bit older now; it shows, <laughs> but it's done in a way that even there's even if there is some bit of campiness with the sort of space rednecks uh there is really something more interesting and it's done in a better way than just showing someone playing uh, stalin or yeah uh, or whatever uh and so like you said there's there's these glimpses in a world where we don't live but it's basically earth but in space but not really and with some strange alien stuff mixed in yeah and i think it's interesting that um sort of the confederacy is led by like or the the admiral you you deal with at least early in the game he's he's you know he's got that 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 louisiana drawl where he's like I, I don't know i i think it's interesting that they they made those specific choices that you're sort of enemy is this confederacy and oh yeah they're southern 
Yeah, and it's called the Confederacy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah no, it's 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 an interesting story, and it, you know, I think it it works well to set them up as like, oh, okay, villains, got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, and but I mean, and it's also one of the interesting points of the game when you start with the Terran campaign in StarCraft, uh, you play at that, uh, you basically play as Jim Rayner, which is which was until the game starts. Uh, Marshall into far away yeah. colony, real cowboy stuff. You're like the the. I don't want to say laid back, but you're sort of that that dissolution guy, and eventually you'll get more and more importance into that rebellious faction, which will end up uh, taking the po- taking power in that part of the of space, and which will becomes the Confederacy. And so I think uh, maybe I'm mistaken, but I think that's how it works. And anyway, eventually you'll realize that well, these guys are like you said are bad, and so you'll escape, and then this will uh, end up uh, being discussed again in StarCraft Two, and so on and so on. But yeah, so you, you you play as sort of a main character, but not really because you can control him too, but you. Must protect him because if he, yeah. if he dies, well, the mission's over. Uh, and so I think once again, it's how you can make this really, really interesting. Because if I'm correct, in 1997 was the is the year that Total Annihilation came out. Okay, and we we talked we talked about it uh, on another episode, and I think I, I said at the time we referenced Starcraft, and I said. There's no story really into in total nation. There's no characters. They are robots. They don't talk. They don't have emotions. There, uh, there's no betrayal. And even if the gameplay is mostly the same, I mean, you gather resources, you build a base, you create units, and then you attack. In StarCraft, it's it's a space drama basically. Yeah, yeah, and I th- I think parts of that work really well. Um, but it also kind of shows the limitations of a real-time strategy. Like talking about Jim Rayner and, yeah. you know, playing as him, it's – there's only so much you can do. Like, okay, he's he's got all his upgrades and stuff from the, the regular vultures or whatever that, that unit is. Um, and he does talk to you and so on. But it's – you know, you're controlling him from above. He can't really do anything that exceptional compared to normal units. And I don't think they really – I, I think the storytelling really works, like mm-hmm. without a doubt. Um, but the mechanics sort of leave a bit to be desired in a way that I think they solve by Warcraft Three when they get into that new engine where the the heroes are like distinct characters and they can do a lot more with that. Um, I mean, it, it obviously works so well that they sort of abandoned the Warcraft as a real-time strategy and turned that into just like the RPG part. Like yes. the, the success of World of Warcraft, I think, like really shows which kind of thread um, in a real-time strategy. Like if you're going to follow two of these things, once you master that sort of, you know, essentially role-playing part, like, well, why do we have all this other stuff? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think you're right in that when you compare it to total annihilation, the gameplay fairly similar and so on, but that campaign holds together a lot better and is a lot more interesting just because you do get those characters and you know, you, you get their voices and they, they are well acted. Um, Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely, I, yes. And, and and I don't know how much of that is just in the remastered because I know it's said that some stuff was redone, but a lot of these phrases and stuff, I'm like, oh, this is a really familiar voice. Like I'd forgotten <laughs> about him. Um, and and it's, it's well done, which goes a long way in a video game, like poorly done voice work, really, you yeah. feel that. But I believe, I mean, my... Um uh, not having, I don't have the, the right English word in my head right now, but what I can remember from the original game, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, at the time, I mean, I was a lot younger, but I, I believe that it it worked really well. And uh, we've talked about the cinematics. We've talked about uh, a bit about the main characters. You have a Terran one. You have a, a Zerg one, which was, spoiler alert, uh, formerly uh human <laughs> and uh, she'll come back in starcraft 2 and so on uh, but yeah during the gameplay when you do the missions there are also it's not always it's not only between the missions that you get those cinematics and those stuff those talking moments it's really during the missions or something in the scenario will trigger uh, an exchange a uh, dialogue between characters and then uh, it's like a bit of a movie but with gameplay elements between right. uh, the, the, these parts uh, but you, you you're never taken completely outside the game you're still at the game on the game screen you still have you the map and the interface but usually you cannot control anything you cannot yeah. so it's basically scripted but I think it it's not too scripted no it, it never feels like you're sort of being taken over it it, it I, they never felt too long or too yeah. drawn out or, you know, take too much out of you. It's not like um, a good example is like a first-person shooter cutscene where it's like maybe mash a couple buttons kind of thing. It never feels like you're being yeah. drawn out in that same way. It, it it flows pretty well. And talking about flow, uh, funnily enough, that same year, 1998, was the year that Half-Life came out. Yeah, I which, mean, big year. Yeah, a huge year for the video game industry. And... Uh, we've talked about it in the, our very first episode uh, where we said that it was revolutionary at the time that it, it doesn't take you out of the game. You can still move. You can still act well uh, on a minimal level, but you can still do stuff while people talk. And so you can miss stuff too. I mean, it's this doesn't happen in StarCraft because mm-hmm. basically you are all seeing being, but um it's really a good way to present a story. Yeah. Uh, instead of, like you said, in the first person shooter in Call of Duty, for example, or whatever uh, other game of that that kind, where it's everything is scripted. You cannot move really. You cannot, and there are shooting sequences, but otherwise, it's oh, something is blowing up. You have mm-hmm. to look, or you have to 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 uh, you're stuck in place while this stuff happens. Yeah. No, I think that's right. And and I think one of the – and I mean, we, we can't talk about StarCraft without talking about multiplayer. And I think yeah. one of the things that around this time really starts to happen is um, internet gameplay becomes a lot more stable. Mm-hmm. Like I can remember trying to play Duke Nukem 3D online, which only would have been a few years before this. And it was possible, but you'd have to use like Heat.net or some of these other things. And – you know, connections were kind of spotty, would go in and out. Like maybe you knew someone who ran a Quake server or something, but it was never 
you could never really do the kind of matchmaking thing really stably. I, at least in my recollection, like it, it never, but mm-hmm. with this and with half-life in, in different ways, but battle.net in particular, like you could play with your friends if you knew them, or you could just play with random people in like, Hey, I'm going to do this map playing this stuff. And it just worked almost all the time. I mean, I'm sure there were hiccups, but I don't have major recollections of like, not being able to do stuff. It just, it worked in a way that they'd figured out um, that, you know, if, if it wasn't the first game, it was like really early on to figuring out how to make this stuff really sing. Yeah. And I believe they did the, well, of course with Blizzard, it's called, the, that platform is Battle.net, uh, which is still alive today. And it's basically the, the now the, the name of the launcher. If you try yeah. to play a Blizzard game, it's going to launch a program called Battle.net. So it's still there. And then, like you said, basically, I, I'm pretty sure it was already there for Diablo 1 in 1995, maybe, something right. like that. But it's for me, it was really StarCraft in 1998. You could just log in, create an account, and then find some random people, play with your friends. Uh, and it was... Uh, a world better than just a few years prior when I tried to play Red Alert with a friend online. We needed to connect by via modem instead mm-hmm. of going yeah. through an internet portal. And each one of us had to put the CD into, into the CD drive. So we were lucky that that was a game with two CDs. So you have to... Right. <laughs> one of us had the first one and the other had the second. And then we connected via modem directly and so on and so on. And, and now this would be completely, I mean, not impossible to do, but so foreign, so alien mm-hmm. that... <laughs> uh, Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I mean, it, it was right there. You had to do it. I don't yeah. Uh, but yeah, so... If you ask me, for, for I mean, if we ever do an episode on Heroes of Mighty Magic 3, for example, and we try to do a multiplayer game of that, I mean, it's it, basically it's almost impossible to do uh, because unless we do something like play by mail or whatever. Right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so at that time you had about four, five, six op- different options. And then now today it well you play via the internet there's no other way to do that yeah um, it, it and and i think this was like one of the first big steps of moving towards yeah. that of something like integral to the the game itself and that that just kind of works i want to ask you about uh because i don't think we cannot we can talk about starcraft without talking about the music uh yes. what did you was it a sort of a Big nostalgia moment when uh, the music music started to play. It was it was a series of songs that I'd forgotten existed. Like I would never have, you know, gone seeking them out on Spotify or anything. But as soon as I started to hear it, like it it really like opened up a portal to you know, <laughs> God, more than twenty years ago now, yeah. and and they're they're good. Like they're they're like oh this is good. And I think they they have remastered the songs. Yeah, but I think so too. But they, I mean, they sound great and like that. Yeah, that that music slaps. <laughs> yeah, it does. And uh, I did went out and uh, t- 
seek the, the, the song of it basically the mostly the Terran songs in Starcraft One. Yeah. Uh ter- which are named it's quite original, Terran One and Three and I think there's Terran two in there somewhere, I believe. I mean there's a one and a third. I mean there's basically a second one. <laughs> but yeah, so Terran One and Three, it's still really good. But it, like you said, it opens up a portal where it's like you're back there. You're collecting resources. You're training marines. Yeah. Uh, you're trying to build siege tanks and battle cruisers and so on and so on. And it's it's a great music to work on. I mean, it is it's a great I, background music in a sense. I, at one point, I actually had to pause while I was writing something else, and it just I I just left the music playing. Like okay, like. <laughs> I, I believe Terran One is was one of my most listened to songs in twenty twenty one or something. Really, like that. that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, each year we we share uh, our own uh, top. Well, I think it's one hundred on Spotify, something we, like that. Yeah, amongst uh, each other, uh, amongst ourselves, and uh, usually it's followed by, "Oh, what? I don't know any of these artists <laughs> or yeah, any of these bands." But uh, but yeah, so you listen to a lot of. Uh, uh, what's what's your what's your band already? I mean, they do the Sultan of Swing song. I'm oh, uh, yeah, I went through a real long period of where I listened to Dire Straits every yeah, day for yeah, like exactly. six months. Um, haven't listened to that one in a while. I, I go in and out of these real deep phases, but um, yeah, Starcraft. Um, your yeah. multiplayer <laughs> experience. What like did you play with? friends you knew exclusively like did you end up playing with lots of people online like i know I mean, this time we didn't play much in the way of multiplayer but i no. think classically Ooh. no but because i believe we are both um we both prefer games where you can build up yeah uh and that's one of the points that i want to yes. ask you about in a few minutes but um I'm sure I'm going to get my ass kicked if I do this now, if I try. Because people are playing now, uh, it's like getting to a shooter five years after it came out. The the people that are still there have mastered everything and you'll get killed in about a fraction of a second. And uh, But yeah, at the time, I played mostly with strangers, I think. Okay. Yeah. And it was... uh, it was finding people that uh, which had a rank. I think there's, a, there's still a ranking system, but yeah, it had a fairly low rank uh, because I'm not that good at that game. <laughs> and then just trying to have fun and uh, basically playing on my old computer and my old house uh, on via modem, of course. Of course. And so you had to uh, you had to cross your fingers that your your parents didn't need the, the, to call someone. Or because think, then you had to disconnect. I think at this point we had we got a cable modem pretty early. Oh, that's cool. Um, so I think it because I remember I'd, I mean I'd still take up the phone line because I'd call one of my friends and we'd like we just talk to each other on the phone while we played and oh, so like wow. we do a lot of two on two stuff or whatever and like that could be fun. Um, also, really not fun when you like cross paths with someone else who's doing like a two two v two. But yeah, so like it did, did a lot of that sort of thing. But it's it was funny playing the single player, and I like 
I, I had the same thought as you did. Like, oh, I'm just going to get crushed if I try and do this online. Because, like, I do not have any of the hotkeys down anymore. Yeah. I I never really loved, like, super fast build orders. Like, other than getting, you know, your early start, starting your resources and stuff. Like, I didn't yeah. have, like, a, a pattern I did every single time where that gets sort of beaten into you. Um, and And I think that's kind of, and I think this is the thing you want to talk about, is, like, that is now, I think, in one way, is the weaknesses of this game because the multiplayer sort of funnels you into like very specific ways of playing. Yeah. Um, that at a certain point, it, it it's not really strategy in any sense. It's you're just you're you're baking a cake. Yeah. And uh, I watched a video. Uh, I think one or two days ago was a. A grand StarCraft II master player, and he was playing against seven ultra hard AIs. Oh yeah! And just watching the guy move his mouse cursor over the screen, and it's all these—it's uh, called APMs, I think, actions per minute or something like that, right. or CPM clicks per minute or whatever. And he was always clicking everywhere, moving around, selecting stuff, deselecting, just to keep the, I mean, I'm doing gestures with my hands, <laughs> but nobody can see them uh, besides you. Um, so, and I was thinking, it's insane. I cannot, I mean, if I practice every day for six months, maybe, uh, but where's the fun in that? And so I think the, 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 the one is a failure, but because I think I still think StarCraft is a fantastic game. Yeah. But having played the uh, a bunch of missions, about a dozen missions or so in the original game, and with the, the what I can remember uh, is that basically there's this: there's a multiplayer scene where it's basically by the book, and there is um, a way how it everything. Every unit has a counter mm-hmm. in StarCraft. And that's the way to do it if you want to have a fantastic multiplayer scene, uh, which is StarCraft still has. And of course, there's StarCraft 2. There has been tournaments and whatever. Uh, but I, I'm not an esport guy. So that's if you want to have some kind of esports scene, you basically, I believe, have to work like this. There's no, I mean, there is a kind of an esports scene for Hearts of Iron 4, for example, but it's really not the same thing. I mean, a match won't last 15 minutes. It will last four hours. Yeah. Uh, and so there's that. And and so when I was playing the, the, the human, for example, the human faction, comes to, uh, I think, one of the last missions of the campaign in StarCraft, which, which is by design quite long and quite hard. And I was thinking, oh, I'm just going to build the most powerful unit available. The battle cruiser just go through the enemy units and destroy everything. But no, I had to inch along and then wait as my repair unit was coming back to to do some repairs and then move forward and so on. It's not fun, really. (laughs) It's not really that fun. No, and it's... it's yeah, and and I think that's sort of where I, I think at the time it was a great game, but it's not mm-hmm. one that I'm going to like 
get myself fully back up to speed with and jump into the multiplayer season or anything like that. Cause it's just at a certain point, that style of play is like, Oh, this is kind of boring. Like this isn't yeah. like, it's not testing me in a strategic sense. It's testing me in like, how fast can I click? How much yeah. have I memorized of a certain pattern and, and that kind of thing, um, which is, I mean, it's, you know, a 24-year-old game. At a certain point, like, things get refined to that, like, very sharp point. But, you know, for it, as playing the single player and kind of reliving all the cool things about it, like, I really, really like the backgrounds and stuff. And I don't know if they were this detailed in the original. I, I honestly can't remember. But seeing little storefronts with actual names on them mm-hmm. with, like, you can see, like, their got little marine suits that and there's a little banner above like i got mine at jody's or whatever it is like yeah that stuff's cool and like seeing the little solar things that spin around like okay like this is there's something more to this place that's that's kind of cool um, yeah, absolutely but when it comes to like getting all my hotkeys and like building the perfect army in the minimum amount of time eh, i can I, I can focus doing other things and uh, one of the things that I was a bit disappointed with, uh, because they, it's, it was not a remake per se, it was a remaster. And maybe the line is a bit murky sometimes between the two, but they basically kept all the old control mechanics, all the old building placement mechanics. And so it's still as easy as before to get, for example, construction units stuck. Mm-hmm. Between uh, behind a supply depot, for example, or um, if you try to uh, assign a, a place to gather all your units when they are produced uh, mm-hmm. for in the barracks, for example, when you click on the barrack, yes, it's going to uh, flash for a half a second where you set up your rallying point. Mm-hmm. But since, I mean, in the now 25 years because it's 2023 oh my god and (laughs) but you can just have you could have a small flag or whatever Mm -hmm. to tell you they are going there or some kind of overlay with just yeah 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 and so or uh a way to see what orders did i gave to my units or uh not necessarily to complicate things so much but just to facilitate the the, the the existence of the player for <laughs> yeah if you know what a, I mean. a bit of sort of just ease of use or yeah there's another term for it but it just to make life a little easier and better on the player yeah. rather than yeah no I, I I think that's right and you know it, it wasn't a super expensive game it's only I think I paid nineteen dollars for it yeah uh, which isn't bad but you know yeah they could have could have given me a bit more. <laughs> Yeah, I believe so too. And I've discovered that they removed the map editor in the game. Oh, interesting. Because at the time, you could build all these crazy scenarios with, uh, like you said, you could put down these solar things that were spinning or construct construct your world, basically, mm-hmm. with all these types of terrains and create some uh, some time triggers in the game. And so I once tried to recreate the uh, June 6th, uh, assault on Normandy. In wow! The game. 
it, it never worked, but there was there were all these bunch of units, and one play one side had the, all these transport dropships with the marines, right, and then the other side had all these uh, missile defense turrets and bunkers, and so you had allies versus uh, the, that's, the that's interesting German army and so on, uh, and. That was fun to do. That was a way to explore and create. And I believe that's one of the first places where players created some stuff like tower defense. Yeah, I remember playing like RPG levels in multiplayer and and that sort of thing where you have particular goals and you only had one person and like they'd be upgraded through, you know, completing things through a mission, which uh, yet which I think is one of those things that in a lot of other games, especially of this age, that they really support that kind of the modding community or the, yeah. the mission community because that's the kind of thing that you don't really have to do anything with the game. You just make sure that the, the back end runs and then people yeah. find wild ways to, to, to play things. I mean, they kept it for Warcraft Three, and then this gave us. I don't want. Maybe I'm I'm wrong, but I think this gave us League of Legends. Oh, interesting. Or something like that. Uh, and they, of course, now it's in Starcraft Two uh, since the launch. So mm-hmm. I think ten years ago now, something like that. Uh, we are all getting old, Robert. It's in I, the- yeah. I don't. I don't ever. I never played Starcraft Two, which is interesting. Just to give you an idea of how I sort yeah. of grew out of the. Real time I mean, strategy as a, a thing, like I just it's never. Fine. Uh, I think for me the problem was that you had to buy it in installments. Right. So it just came out with the Terran campaign. Then you had to buy the Zerg one, and then the Protoss one, and it's it ends up. I mean, now it's discounted, but at the time it was like forty bucks a, a pop a piece. Uh, so yeah. But yeah, from the get-go, you had the, the, the support for custom maps and so on and so on. So, I, I mean, it's a way to create that that kind of buzz, that kind of community with the game. But yeah, you know, it's Blizzard. They want money. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I mean, like every company does, but Blizzard is a special kind of... Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's definitely true. And we won't talk about Activision because that's a... Yep, another, oh, no, another we, topic we, for another time. <laughs> yeah, we can we can dig into that at some other point. Yeah. Um, would you recommend? Would you still? I mean, we said that multiplayer thing is not really our thing now, but would you still recommend StarCraft for maybe someone who hasn't hasn't played it? I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't played StarCraft, like, I don't understand how those two <laughs> things intersect. Like, I don't understand how you could be interested in old video games and be like, yeah, I've never played StarCraft. Um, so if you haven't, absolutely. It's it's really, like, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, the campaign is interesting. It, it does have its limits, but it, it's, uh, it's, it's well done. Um, like, I I really, uh, I really dig it. I would absolutely. And, you know, if... You have friends or whatever that also play StarCraft. Like, I think multiplayer could be a lot of fun that way. Um, I, I haven't dipped my toe into it, but I, I think there are, you know, as long as you're not playing with, you know, a sleeper, super, you know, StarCraft person, you, you should yeah. be fine. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say, it's hard to, to, to give a personal opinion without 
that opinion being t- tainted by nostalgia. Uh-huh. Uh, because it, at the end of the 90s and this beginning of the 2000s, this was the strategy game that you had to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, before Warcraft 3 came out, for example, but even then, Warcraft 3 was more, for me, it was more limited in its scope. Yeah, and that that was more of a focused sort of, it really wanted to be the RPG yeah. that World of Warcraft became. It just, they didn't quite, they, they, they hadn't made that choice yet, but it's, yeah, it's not a strategy game in that sense. Yeah, and, but StarCraft, you could have, I mean, it, it, not necessarily a thousand units on the screen, but you could have waves of Zergs, for example, and you meant ships firing into them. There could be explosions everywhere. It was really a galactic war mm-hmm. uh, and a good way to pay homage, in a sense, to Warhammer 40K, which is mostly based on. I mean, space marines, aliens. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so it's mostly, well, space marines and the, uh, what's the name of the... Uh, anyway, there's a, there's, a, there's one race in Warhammer 40k, which is uh, basically a desperation for the Zergs, uh, which are completely always multiplying and de- just moving across the galaxy and devouring worlds in the right. way. And uh, they take the genet- they take the genetic information from the victims, and then they evolve to be, uh, uh, well, tougher and meaner, yeah. and so on and so on. So, uh, I mean, I would, I think I would still recommend StarCraft. Uh, like you said, if you've never played it before, maybe you are a young person listening right now. Maybe you are an older person who lived under a rock or <laughs> just decided now that you want to get into older PC games. That's all right for us. Um, it's a bit surprising, but... <laughs> I mean, hey, I mean whatever, whatever you brought you here, that's that's fine. I don't want to yeah, judge. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just a little curious how that happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's still a very good game, like you said, for the single-player part, at least. Um and otherwise, I mean that's it's StarCraft. I mean it's yeah. <laughs> it's, it's I think it's in the gaming world it's uh, uh, one of the pillars of the retail strategy genre. I mean there's that there's Red Alert for me, and then uh, what else? I mean the, the one of the total nation and, and maybe not not even that maybe I'm, I'm, maybe. I'm not sure. I mean I think I mean. It's one of the only ones still around. Like the yeah. company of heroes, which, yeah, which, but it's not exactly. Yeah. Th- this is more. I mean, Starcraft was already about micromanagement, but mm-hmm. company of heroes is has pushed has pushed that to the limit. Um, but yeah, in a, in, in a great, in the sense of the great battle, great fight, mm-hmm. great war. I think it's still the only one, the, the only main one still around. Uh, I don't know what this tells us about the, the game, the, the RTS scene, but well, yeah. I, I I think what it shows is that I it it is an interesting sort of play style, but there are sort of hard limits on it because it is while it is like a big galactic war, it also you know there are scale limits and you have to control units. Yeah. It, the you know the AI management of your own units is okay, but you do have to you know. You, you get stuck on like stairwells and stuff. Um, so it's, it, there's, 
I, I think that's why you see something more like paradox being more the strategy kind of thing where they can, you know, that sort of grander strategy where you're not necessarily micromanaging individual Marines, but like mm-hmm. looking at the whole scope of things, I think is sort of where strategy has gone because then it does get to be more about strategy than yeah. this kind of, because it does eventually to get the most out of your units and so forth, you do have to, you know, start doing build order optimization and all that kind of stuff. And then you're like, then it's like, well, you know, maybe I should hire a consultant to like manage my <laughs> thing. And Yeah. And it's, you end up telling yourself that you don't need a bunch of units because you always do the same build order. Then why will you take take the opportunity to explore these kind of resources because you don't need them necessarily. And then it's always a bit, uh, you don't get that time where, like you said, you can explore the, your surroundings, you can discover that, oh, there, there's put some, there are some storefronts there. And then, oh, here it's a alien world. So there's weird creatures. And when you click on them, uh, enough times they'll, they'll blow up or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's uh, it's it's a bit weird to talk about this 25 years later because we saw that I don't want to say that it, it killed the genre but a bit I mean yeah I I think the genre was sort of a it was just sort of this is what computers could do at the time so this yeah. is what we're going to do with them and now you know things have moved beyond that for studios are bigger can do different things you mm-hmm. can handle a lot more processing of like what ai units are doing off screen and all that kind of stuff. I, I think it's just and players have you know they they hit their limit of okay like if you really like starcraft you're into that stuff like you're already into it you're gonna keep grinding away and if you're not i think it's gonna be a lot like you and i that you know we enjoy the game we have fond memories of it but like i don't know if in you know, six months I'll be, you know, putting in two or three hours a week kind of thing. Like yeah. I don't, I, 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 I think I am actually going to finish some of the campaigns because like, okay, this is, this is pretty fun, yeah. but that will probably be where things stop for me. And for me too, I think, because, well, for, for one part of the, uh, we do have to work <laughs> That's yes. and there's always new games coming out and we try to, I mean, I, I do have to review new games for, for, yeah. CA, so uh, which is good in a sense and bad in another sense. But uh, today, I believe, uh, I believe that you and I maybe moved on to once again grand strategy, be it point four or uh, I'm getting into total war lately. So oh, interesting, uh, yeah, the I, one with the Warhammer uh, universe. Okay. I've uh, the one I've sunk a lot of time to in that one is um, the Napoleon one. Yeah, but I, yeah. I think I think actually Total War, uh, just to kind of round out the thought, um, really kind of gets the balance well yeah. in that you have that sort of grand strategy where you're, you know, upgrading towns and that sort of thing and putting together armies. But then you get to do that sort of that that management of the actual battles when they happen on a on a way that makes more sense in like a micromanaging way rather than yeah. all on the same interface, like having two separate interfaces, I think makes a big difference. And I think that's, 
I think Total War has in many ways figured out the real-time strategy balance because I don't find it too onerous of something like Huey 4 where you're just like bombarded with all kinds of decisions and metrics yeah. and, and so much, which we've sort of touched on occasionally. But it also doesn't oversimplify things because you still have the sort of diplomacy and the that kind of aspect of it, but you still get to sort of manage a battle in real time in mm-hmm. a way that's, that I think is really cool. I, I think I, I maybe mentioned it before, but my, my dream game, and I'll, I think we'll, <laughs> we'll close the episode on this, but my dream game will be something uh, in a space team. So you, mm-hmm. you'll take, uh, I'll take maybe the, 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 the Warhammer 40k world, uh, because I've played a lot of Dawn of War, the, the first one, and that thing's awesome. But yeah, it's it, there won't be anything like this, I think, ever again. I mean, for now, it's been mm-hmm. a really long while that the studio have closed and so on. And so you would take this universe, uh, which is basically StarCraft on steroids, <laughs> and uh, you put this into the Total War way of doing things so you have your planets with your production and then you have your space battles and then you have your land battles with mm-hmm. your space marines and your uh necrons and whatever and that would uh, that would be a game that would take a thousand hours to do a yeah yeah a campaign but it would be it, it could be completely crazy and, but yeah, it, I, don't, I don't think it will sell that many copies or maybe a, t- a bit too niche <laughs> somehow. Maybe. I mean, there's a, there's a way it, it, I think it's like everything else. It's finding the balance between doing too much and not doing enough. And yeah. uh, at the time, I think StarCraft had that balance perfectly. But, you know, 20, 25 years later, uh, it maybe not as much. Maybe it's, it's a little too simple. Yeah, well, you get, I mean, that's why, like I told you before we started recording, that's why I stopped for now. Something like a midpoint in the Zerg campaign for the first game is that it's basically you build, you attack, you defend. Sometimes you have to wait. Sometimes you have to survive 30 minutes before the evac dropships come in. Uh, when I've played the StarCraft II human campaign for the first time and I, I got to that point where you had the evacuation mission, I was like, we already did this in the first yeah. game. Can we do something else, please? And, and I think and, the answer to that question is no, because this is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, basically, that's always the limits of a game. I mean, you cannot take Horror 4, for example, or whatever other game and do something completely different. Yeah. We've so we've, we've ended on a kind of negative note here for a game that's actually pretty good. But <laughs> it is pretty good, but there are limitations to it. That, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of the weird part of looking back on things like that, but yeah. So I mean overall so, I would still recommend it, but Yes, me too. Yes. And I mean the remastered edition is the the, the graphics are nicer, I think. Yeah, it's uh, it's clean, it's smooth, yeah. it runs well if you've got a Yeah, exactly. And I think for $20, especially if you never played StarCraft yeah. uh, or if you've played it 20 years ago and you want to give it another shot, uh, it's way better way to do it than finding the old installation files and hoping it works on the newest version of Windows or Mac OS, uh, which is basically 
just the, which it basically won't. I mean, it's always a, yeah. a gamble then. So yeah, it, it it looks nice. It runs well. It sounds great. Uh, the remastered is if you're if you're thinking about it, it's twenty bucks. So it's not yeah. gonna it's not gonna it's not like a ninety dollar investment or anything. It's it's <laughs> decent. Yeah. Thank you, Robert, for taking the time to play StarCraft and talk about it with me. Hey, always happy to do it. And I hope we can meet again soon to talk about another game. I think we, we are on the uh, on the pick up our stride again and try to uh, get yeah, on. I, the... I think we're on the right path. <laughs> I hope so. Well, thanks again, and thanks, of course, to everyone who is listening. Uh, if you want to catch up on previous episodes, everything is on pieuvre.ca. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Podcast, uh, Apple Podcast, and our host, the Balado Quebec. Uh, before we go, I invite you to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And the funny thing is, there's only a few of you are following us there uh, but you are uh, many many people listening to these episodes I was interesting to see the, the, the statistics so thank you once again for being here and we'll talk to you next time all right until next time <laughs>